Welcome Builders from Lakeland, Florida. This is the Build Your Success Leadership Podcast with your host, Brian Brogen. We're going to empower and equip you to build yourself and then build others. Now, let's build up with your host, Brian Brogen. Welcome, builders. It is great to have you as a listener of the Build Your Success podcast today. This is a place where we build you so you can build others. And we do that through having special guests or doing some training sessions and just having a lot of fun here on the podcast. I do have a guest today. My guest today is Beth ArmConnect Miller. She is the CEO of Executive Velocity, a top talent and leadership development advisory firm. Beth is a trusted executive consultant, Vistas Chair Emeritus, and committed volunteer. She is certified in Myers-Briggs, Hogan, and Business DNA. And she is a certified managerial coach at, by Kennesaw University. Beth's insight and expertise have made her a sought-after speaker on hiring, leadership development, and succession planning. Her book, Are You Talent Obsessed?, was published in 2014 and is available on Amazon. She is a frequent contributor to Entrepreneur Online, About.com, and Talent Culture, just to name a few. She's a graduate of Babson College and Harvard Business School's OPM program. Well, Beth, it's, it's great to have you on the podcast today. Well, thank you for inviting me. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, that's great. So, <laughs> you know, that is a, a wonderful, and I'm, I'm sure it's an abbreviated bio, but uh, it, it's a, got a great history there and some great things you've done well it's uh it's been a long journey that's that is for sure i you know i, I actually started out in finance and now i'm um coach and talent management advisor so it was a, a gradual transition great and, it, and it's prepared you for this that we're going to discuss today all this training you do and and the leadership pipeline so that's what we're here to talk about today creating this leadership pipeline developing leadership and, you know, that's what we're about here as well. So tell us a little bit about the leadership pipeline. Well, first of all, um, I consider leaders are people who develop other leaders. And as it relates to, to companies, leadership pipelines are really important. And they're, they're important because um, it's a way of maintaining knowledge and expertise it's, uh, it's a way of um, promoting from within so that um, you have um, individuals who are more engaged and, and motivated. So it, there's, there are so many benefits around um, a leadership pipeline. And, and for me, I look at it um, more broadly, and that is succession planning. Um, it's, it's making sure that you have the right people in the right seats at the right time doing the right things. You know, that is wonderful. And, you know, you'd already told me about this book you're writing for small businesses called Secession Planning, or, or all, at least <laughs> on Secession Planning. So tell us about what's going to be in this book and how it's going to help business owners. Well, uh, they, it's, I have just started it, so I've gotten like the first couple chapters written, but it is, it's a how-to book. It's going to step business owners through the process of uh, creating and executing a succession plan. Uh, there are certain aspects of succession planning that most small businesses um, miss 
and need to get right. Um, one of them is really understanding the difference between high performers and high potentials. High performers oftentimes don't have the potential to lead. And that is a mistake that um, many small businesses make. They, they have that sales superstar um, that's done a great job bringing in sales, and they decide to elevate them into a sales leadership position. And the skill sets are entirely different. Um, you know, leaders re require the, the capability to, to build teams, um, to develop others, um, to inspire um, those around them. And salespeople oftentimes don't have those skill sets. So it's, it's something that, um, I've seen time and time again with, with smaller businesses. Um, the, the second thing that I see smaller businesses miss as it relates to um, succession planning and uh, developing future leaders is really understanding their core competencies. And those core competencies will link back to an organization's values. So if you, if you understand your values, then you should have specific behaviors that support those values and ultimately competencies that um, are around those behaviors. That's, um, that is another component that I find small businesses missing. They, there's also this inconsistency um, within the processes around talent management. There are managers that do a really good job around talent management. They, you know, they know how to have um, a development planning conversation or a career conversation with an individual. They know how to, to coach them. But if you look across the organization, those processes are inconsistent. And that is something that, that I talk about in the book is, is making sure to have consistency within the organization when it comes to uh, talent management processes. Because if you don't, then there is a perception of inequity with employees. Wow. You know, that reminds me uh, cons how consistency compounds. My, my mentor, John Maxwell, likes to tell us that, that consistency compounds. And it, it's like that with anything in leadership about consistency. And, and you're talking about the processes being consistent and how to mm -hmm. develop these, these new leaders. When you and I met the other day, we talked about the succession planning. And, and I always thought of that as the CEO is leaving or the owner of the company is retiring or that type of succession planning. I never really thought about it for these key positions. And you and I had this conversation, but for the listeners, you know, the succession planning is not only for the, the head honcho, if you will, but it's also for these key positions. So let's, let's have a discussion around that. Right. Yeah. Well, first of all, um, you are not the only person that, that thinks about succession planning that way. <laughs> uh, it's, Generally, if I talk to a business owner, they immediately think succession planning for them. But what's important is to understand the key positions in your organization that are critical for the future success. And that, that may mean um, a single contributor that 
might have um, the secret sauce or the um, the programs that keep your your company running and you need to understand who where those positions are but from a position standpoint first and not a people standpoint because you what you want to do is first understand the key positions and then assess the people in those positions associated with those core competencies that you've identified that are associated with that position. So it's key position first, then core competencies associated with that position, and then assess the people in those positions around those competencies. And then you can then you can create development plans for them. Um, the the other thing it allows you to do is once you've got those core competencies is to assess all your employees, not just those that are in those key positions, but to assess all of them to identify uh, those that have potential. And the important thing to remember is that there might be somebody in your organization that is a good performer, but not a great performer, not what we would consider a high performer, but they may have a lot of potential. It's just that they're probably in the wrong seat. And once you understand that, you can then shift them or change their their um, job to fit their their core and help them to rise to their full potential. Wow, that that is so helpful to to recognize that and to think about that. You know, take the time to to think about these employees that have potential. Well, what I want to do is I want to shift gears here a little bit. You know, uh-huh. one of the things you said you made a mistake early in your career that that caused a key employee to leave your company, and there were some lessons yeah. you learned there. I'd like you to tell our listeners about yeah. some of those lessons learned and yeah. the mistake in general. What what, what happened? Well, bottom line, the mistake was I, I wasn't recognizing her enough. And um, back then, you know, I, I was more of the, the, the old school of command and control. You know, here's, here's what you need to do. Um, you, you, we pay you to do those things. And um, I, I, wasn't, um, I wasn't cognizant of the importance of recognizing and um, rewarding individuals. So, you know, she she was a, a high potential, high performer, and um, we had created a a comp plan that um, we felt was going to to engage her and um, keep her on the team, and that wasn't what motivated her. That wasn't her driver. So, um, you know, one of the lessons I've learned is that it's really important to um, understand what motivates people and and recognize them in a timely way. Yeah, and and wow, that you you spoke about this employee that was a key employee that had both potential and was a high performer. Boy, that that's a great combination to have, isn't it? 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was sad to see her go. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's but it was, what this it is was all something about. that really stuck with me. That's right. It's about learning these lessons and, 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 you know, we, we haven't made mistakes. We've learned some lessons basically is the way we want to look at it. And then it's, it's a process of ourselves to develop. Right. Exactly. You know, it took some self-reflection and, um, and I didn't, you know, it, it didn't really dawn on me actually for probably a couple of years hmm. that, that that was what I, what I had, had missed and hadn't done. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, and that happens to all of us where, you know, this you go through this trial, this struggle, whatever happens, and, and then you self-reflect later with, with more experience mm-hmm. and more knowledge, and you realize yep. how you could have improved that situation. But but, mm-hmm. but don't, you know, don't do that old cry over spilled milk. Just use that for future yeah. situations and, right. and learn from it. Exactly. Awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. something else you said your application here was focus on caring about themselves first and then their employees. And we're oh. talking about leaders again. And yeah. it, it makes me think of, first of all, you know, the, the, the title of, of my uh, is build yourself and then build others. You know, that's my, my catch slogan. Mm-hmm. But also I think of when you're on the airplane and they ask you to put your ox- oxygen mask on <laughs> first so you can help others. Yep. So I think this is a great point. I'd love you to elaborate on that for us. Yeah, um, I've, I've been doing a, a lot of work with executives um, recently over um, over these last several months with the challenge of, of COVID, um, of of helping them um, really re-energize and maintain their energy and taking care of themselves before they take care of others. Uh, you know, I've I've had several leaders who um, you know have been very successful, but it's this has been very, very stressful for them, and it, you know, it, it, it's impacting them, but it's, it's also impacting their family, and they intuitively want to help their employees first, and, and that's not a, a bad thing, but it's not the smart thing. What you, what you really need to do is, is make sure that you have your energy and emotional levels um, satisfied and in good shape before you you try and help others. So, you know, there are lots of different techniques. You know, obviously exercise is one, um, meditating, uh, practicing gratitude, journaling. All of these are techniques that, that can help um, kind of calm an individual and and make them um, clearer and more stable um, for their employees. You know, if if you if you feel confused, how can you communicate to others without sounding confused? It's it's just a much harder thing to do. So I've I've you know the last three or four months. I've had a lot of conversations with leaders about this um, and trying to, to kind of help them look past what is happening and understanding that you need to focus on those things that you can control and influence and those things that you can't um, are, that's, that's a waste of energy. So um, that's, 
that's a lot of what I've been working on with leaders. Yeah, and it, and it may not be turn that energy loose. It may be about that journaling and document when I'm able to, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. When these circumstances change, then I yep. can take this action. Mm-hmm. But today, in this current environment, in these current situations, I'm not able to make that action, and I don't need that to bog me down right now. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. and I, I think it's so important. You know, if you're going to give to others, you have to have something to give them. And, and mm-hmm. leaders sometimes can put their self in a drought, can, can make their self maybe overheated, heat-stressed, if you will, uh, just right. a, a loss of energy because they poured into so many others and they're forgetting to pour back into themselves. It, it's really, yeah. you got to find that happy medium where you can be an influence on others and you can help them. You have something to give them. You know, one of the really simple techniques is just breathing. Doing those deep breaths and those kind of cleansing breaths versus the the shallow ones that that take more energy. So just being really purposeful about about breathing can really help somebody. Absolutely. And and it's not something that you have to uh stop doing something, really. It's just concentrating on your breathing. Without a doubt, it's so important and so beneficial and, and can just clear your mind and, and start over when you're mm-hmm. struggling with something. It, it, it's definitely a technique I use. Yeah. Let's talk about another thought here you had. It's everyone, not just leaders, can benefit from improving their emotional intelligence and listening skills ah. during these very troubling times. And mm. I have to be honest with you, as a, as a hard, crusty construction worker, the first time, probably about <laughs> 10 years ago, I heard emotional intelligence. I went, oh, no, they're going to ask us to be emotional. And, uh, and that's not it. <laughs> it's not it at all, right? No, so, no. Let, let's, let's have a conversation around this. I, I've, I've learned and bought into it now, but, boy, the first time I was introduced mm-hmm. to it, I was like, oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, um, I work with um, a lot of leaders, and many of them have one or two components of emotional intelligence that they just need to beef up. And the good thing about emotional intelligence is um, you can learn and improve. It's not like IQ. Um, EQ is 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 something that um, you can study and improve on. Um, one of the the ways that um, I recommend people to um, improve is to find a mentor who is strong in a, a one of the key emotional intelligence components that that you aren't um, good at. So, for instance, if it's um, self-management, um, self-management is more about showing your emotions and or or not um, managing those those emotions if if that's a challenge for you then um, I'm sure that you know somebody who is much better at that and they can help you and mentor you um, and, and remind you when maybe um, you're you are rolling your eyes or you know making some sort of facial expression that sends the wrong message. Um, so, and that, that can help you anywhere. 
it doesn't have to be in business and in, in your personal life as well. In fact, um, for me, that those facial expressions are that's the one that I work on the most um, because I I do express myself, especially with my husband. He'll, he'll go, "Why are you mad?" I'm like, "I'm not mad." It's like, well, you look mad. <laughs> so it's it's being reminded of that, um, and and making adjustments that can you know improve improve your relationships, whether it's uh, personal or professional. So those mentoring um, is is a good thing. I I um, recommend the book Emotional Intelligence 2.0 as um, a great um, way to improve your emotional intelligence because it um, it allows you to to self-assess twice and then gives you techniques that um, you can apply to improve the areas that um, need improvement. Well, I'll add that to my book list and try to get that one yeah. in, my, in my library, so thank you for that. And also, yeah, you may not realize that my last episode was or was on the benefits of mentorship, so that was uh, ah, episode okay. fifty six, and uh, so you just kind of reinforced uh, needing a mentor and, and another reason to have a mentor. So, so thank you for that as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're welcome. And these listening skills, you talked about facial expressions and controlling that. Mm-hmm. When you start to recognize those things, some people's thinking and processing face is not uh, for the other person to be excited about, right? So when you start right. process thinking, you do you, you shift your smile to a, to a thought and, and, and maybe crinkle your nose a little bit or whatever right. that happens there. And the other person's yep. going, oh, boy, what did I just say wrong? And right. when you learn, you need to, I need to work on that. But you can also, mm-hmm. when you're having a conversation with someone with these listening skills, realize that's, that's just their thinking face, or that that doesn't have anything to do with what right. I'm saying. I, I don't need to take that cue uh, unless mm-hmm. that cue is is what it's meant to be, and hopefully you can process that as well. But learning right. this stuff gives you a whole new way to communicate. Of course, the listening man is so important that we listen to others and and hear them out and understand them. I keep saying I've finally learned I don't have to agree with someone to understand them. You know, right. that, that's the hard part. Exactly. You know, it's almost like we think we got to come up with a verdict after this conversation, and that's not the intent yeah. at all. No, the intent is to understand where the other person's coming from, um, to understand, you know, how they they came to a decision. Uh, it's it's important on the flip side um, when when you want to be listening and actively listening is to ask the really good questions, to get the information um, from somebody else. And I, I always um, kind of categorize questions into two types. There's the recall question, where you ask somebody um, information around data or um, a person. And then there's the reflection question. Um, and that's generally the hows or what. So how did you come to that decision? What what made you decide that way? And that allows the person to really dig into um, you know how they got there. 
and oftentimes it will, will help them learn as well. Yeah, and discover their perspective and how they got to mm-hmm. that awareness, and that understanding, and their, their right. mindset. It, it just helps you better understand, and maybe you can agree with them at that point after you process it, so that, that's good stuff. Right, exactly, exactly. So one other thing you talked about that I'm very interested in that you use when you go in and help other businesses and you coach and train them, accountability tracking. I think that is so important. <laughs> yes, accountability. Um, I, I will tell you that um, when I work with clients and um, I get emails from them, I know whether or not the company has a, a culture of accountability. Mm. And I know that by um, the way, um, de- not decisions, but statements are made around due date. So if I send an email to somebody and I need something from them, I'm going to ask them to have it to me by Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm not going to say by end of week or by end of day, because my end of week and end of day is different than yours. Hmm, yes. So it's, it's that specificity around dates and times that is important. Um, there's, it's also clarity. It's getting really clear about expectations with somebody when you are, are delegating uh, and making sure that they clearly understand. So getting them to echo back to you what they heard before they go off and may go down the wrong path, it saves a lot of time. But we're so busy. We're so, we, we work in such a fast pace that it, it's a habit that needs to be built. It's not something that I see a lot of um, with with leaders is they you know they'll they'll send off an email or they'll they'll have a conversation with somebody about how something needs to um, get completed and then you know a week later they find out that you know it's only 75% complete based on what they see as complete yeah so it's getting really clear I've been one we have these meetings you know people come with all these ideas in a meeting and it's like, okay, now who's going to do it and when it is going to be done by? Because that accountability thing is so important. Right. I've got mm-hmm. a quote by for mail I think fits right here. Never mistake effort and intentions for results. Yeah, exactly. That's true. I mean, you can be so busy being busy. Right. Yep. And we really have to be targeting what is what is our desired outcome and how do we get there and how do we get there mm-hmm. by a specific time. I, I've learned that it sounds like you have too that if I don't even need it by Tuesday, I have to say I need it by Tuesday at five right. o'clock because otherwise right. it's open ended and you may get it when you need it or, or you, it may get, fall off the radar the next time you say, hey, did you ever do that for me? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, yeah, so accountability is 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 something that um, can be learned, and but it it takes discipline that that accountable interaction. And the other the other component to it is um, there's only one person that's accountable. It can't be a department or a team. There's only one person that's accountable. Yeah, without a doubt. 
Well, Beth, it's been my pleasure to have you on the podcast today. I've really enjoyed the discussion. How can our listeners get in contact with you? Um, they can get in contact me with me two ways. One is through LinkedIn, and that's uh, Beth Arm Connect, which is A R M K N E C H T Miller. There's only one of me, and then uh, my website is www.executive-velocity.com. Um, on my website, I have a lot of um, free resources that are downloadable. Uh, related to hiring, leadership development, and succession planning. That is wonderful. So we'll also include that for our listeners in the uh, podcast description. It was great to have you listen to the Build Your Success podcast today. If you enjoyed our discussion with Beth, please do us a favor. Go to wherever you listen to this, whatever platform you're listening to it on. Give us a fair review and rating, and then share this with others. Thank you. Remember to build yourself and then build others. Want to learn how to build yourself and build your team? Visit www.buildcs.net and learn about Brian's programs, special offers, and more. Build yourself and then build others.